Hi there, and welcome to the Simply Living for Him podcast. I'm Karen DeBuse from Simply Living for Him. Thank you for joining me for another episode of the Simply Living for Him podcast. On this podcast, I talk about all things simple, whether it's life out here on our little hobby farm, how I keep it simple in my homeschool, or you'll always just hear a lot about Jesus. I truly do believe the remedy for clutter and chaos in our world is Jesus. The more we desire Him, the less we naturally desire the things of this world, and the easier it is to live more simply. So today I wanted to actually touch on a topic for all parents out there, not just homeschooling parents, um, anyone with kids in their lives. This is important. And I received a question on Instagram a little while back. I had asked for some questions to address on the podcast, and I felt like this needed an entire episode. And I've been asked this question actually a a lot this year. Um, In fact, I was asked this question when I was speaking at a convention, and I feel like it's come up a lot lately, so let's address it. I'll tell you what that question is in just a minute, but before I start, I want to thank my podcast sponsor, as always, Apologia. Apologia is an award-winning, Christ-centered homeschool curriculum provider. They offer everything from K to 12 for science and math and literature and constitutional literacy, Bible, and they have just such amazing resources. We have been thrilled to use Apologia over the years. Right now, you can get a free Apologia science activity ebook. This would be something great to download and use over the summer you know, some fun activities, and it's free. You can also look at uh, curriculum for next year right now. Apologia also offers online classes. Right now I see a high school online class for constitutional government, uh, American government constitutional literacy. I would highly recommend studying the Constitution with your children. We're actually studying it right now. And these kids these days really need to know this. Actually, quite frankly, adults these days. So they also have math now at Apologia. So go over and check it out at Apologia.com for all your homeschooling needs. So today I wanted to talk about um, this idea of how to build a firm foundation for our families and discipling our children. The question I've been asked most often these days is how do you keep your kids on the path to following God? How do you get them in the Bible for themselves? How do you help them develop their own relationship with the Lord? I've been asked the question, how do you get teenagers to follow the Lord? And so those are kind of big questions, right? And we're going to break it down into a few different things. And I'm going to tell you right now, there is not a formula. I can't tell you how to make your children follow the Lord. One of the things I'm passionate about is teaching women to follow the Lord because I truly do believe that disciples will make disciples. So number one, my passion at Simply Living for Him and in our online community, which I run Bible studies and all kinds of resources to help women get in the word, that is because I truly do believe that there is nothing we can do uh, you know, more for our children than to be walking with the Lord ourselves because we model that to our children and we pass that down. And, you know, people even ask me with that, like, how can we, you know, um, you know, uh, how can we follow the Lord and, and pass that down to our kids? And it's like, you know what? It's a very natural thing. If you're radiating God, if you are following him and you're, you know, reflecting that light and that joy in your household, Your kids are going to see that. 
And when you're not following him, they're going to see that as well. And so we're going to kind of break this all down today and talk about what it looks like for you as the mom to disciple your children um, and how to keep your children, you know, on that path. I'm going to start also by saying there is nothing that you are going to do that will save your children. You are not the Holy Spirit. So you physically or, you know, spiritually, you're not literally saving your children. So you will be providing the perfect conditions for them to grow and to thrive. But you do not save your children. Homeschooling won't save your children. Uh, The church won't save your children. And a list of rules isn't going to save your children. Those things are certainly beneficial And some things I would say are even mandated that we are to train our children. But don't get that confused with what we are commanded to do to raise our children with that will save your children. You must remember that God ultimately has the power to save your children. And you, as the parent, are commanded to do certain things, right? We are to train up our children. It says in Deuteronomy uh, 6, the things that we are to do. And that clearly outlines that we are to teach our children the ways of the Lord, not just on Sunday and not just on Wednesday nights. That passage tells us when you walk on the road, when you lie down, when you rise up. So it's basically saying it's part of your everyday life and it's not at certain times of the day. It's all day, all the time. So if you are walking with the Lord and you are filling up on him and you're in an active relationship with him and you are kind of 24-7, you know, walking with the Lord, then that's what you pass down to your children. It's very important. It doesn't say in that passage, you know, teach your children in Sunday school or let the youth leader teach your children on Wednesday nights or, um, you know, have them memorize some uh, passages. While those things are exceptionally helpful, memorizing scripture, knowing scripture, going to church on Sunday, and even going to youth group during the week. Those are supplemental. Those are things that are added uh, to their walk. And those are the things we do to provide conditions for them to be surrounded by God and godly wisdom and godly people. But again, those things don't save your children. Now, we worked with youth many, many years ago uh, in, in um, you know, youth group capacity and things like that. And we had our eyes really opened at that time to see how few of these, ch- not children, teenagers were actually walking with the Lord because parents are kind of shifting that responsibility to others And it is not others' responsibility. You are commanded to raise your children in the Lord. And again, it starts with your own relationship. So somebody asked me recently, what do you do to keep a teenager from, you know, going off the path? Because they were telling me that their teenager was, you know, not really walking with the Lord 
And they were kind of making their teen read the Bible and making them memorize verses and making them, you know, uh, do certain Bible studies and those things. But it it wasn't really, um, as they put it, uh, making them or disciplining them to follow the Lord. And that's because, you know, there's a distinction here between pointing your children to God teaching your children about God and making your children learn about God. So number one, it starts with as early as possible from the day they are born to be showing them what a relationship with the Lord looks like. And again, that goes back to you, to your relationship with the Lord. If your relationship with the Lord is real and authentic and they see that, then that is, you know, a beautiful model for them. If your relationship with the Lord is kind of surface and shallow and they see you going to church on Sunday but driving home from church complaining and yelling and bickering or they see you going to church on Sunday and driving home gossiping about everybody at church, kids recognize that and it's very confusing. So if you are not walking the walk, how are you going to expect your children to? Now, I'm not going to sit here and try to say that I've done this perfectly. I am a a, a work in progress as well. In fact, I actually apologized to my adult daughter recently and said to her, you know, I made a lot of mistakes when you were growing up. I sort of did do that, you know, outward behavior, which we're going to talk about in a minute. But I sort of focused on that outward behavior a lot. Like you must act this way at church and you must do these things and we need to put smiles on our faces. But then, you know, driving home, you know, everything kind of falls apart and mommy's yelling. And so I walked that for a while in my early years. And I actually apologized to my daughter recently. And I said to her, I'm really sorry for the times I messed up as a mother. I said to her, but you have to understand I was growing as a person as I was growing as a mother. And I think it's really important that we be real and transparent and honest with our children and we apologize to them and we show them our own need for a savior. I think one of the things that um, is a detriment to our kids is when we don't, you know, do that because we want them to think like, you know, that we've got it all together and, and we're the good Christians, but they see it if we're not, you know, and so When we say to them, boy, I messed up, but that's why I need a savior, they can relate to that because kids are going to mess up all the time. And instead of us kind of, you know, constantly um, berating them for messing up and, and, and saying you messed up and you did this wrong and you did that wrong and how could you, we've taught you everything, point them to their need for a savior. And that brings me to the next point, to this woman who who told me that, you know, her teenager, how do you get a teenager to want to follow God? My answer, plain and simple, was teach them how great he is. Teach them how wonderful he is. Don't teach them about this God who gave you a list of rules and you're not following them and, oh my goodness, you've messed up. That isn't the kind of God they're going to want to follow. Now, yes, there are certain rules and things we need to obey, but we can't expect obedience if they're not doing it out of love. We don't want them to obey God out of fear. We want them to obey God out of love. So think about it for your own relationship with the Lord. Are you only doing things to get things from God? 
Are you only obeying because you're supposed to? Our obedience is a response to knowing how great he is, to loving him so much that we want to obey. Our own obedience does not come from a place of um, fear, but of love. And that's what we want to pass on to our kids. And we want them to know that it's okay when they mess up. We're not condoning the sin, but we're pointing them to God when they sin. Like, let's not get surprised that our kids sin and mess up. Because you know what? If you look at your own life as an adult, you're, you're sinning and messing up all the time too. I, at least I know I am. And so I know for me, one of the mistakes I made as well when my kids were younger was that kind of like, how dare you mess up? You know, expecting, expecting them to behave like an adult when they're a child. Our job is to guide them on the path of righteousness, to guide them towards that path, not to um, belittle them because they have gone off that path. And so we need to be very careful with how we are discipling them. So it starts with a real true love relationship with you and the Lord that you can model to your children so that they can see what that looks like. The next thing is point them to how great our God is. So this woman who said to me, how can I keep my child on the right path, this teenager who didn't want to obey? If they see how great God is, they are going to be drawn to him. They are not going to be drawn to this God that we're holding over their head saying, well, God's not pleased when you do that. They're going to be drawn to this great, loving, forgiving, good God. And then they're going to respond to him in obedience out of love. And so our job when our kids are young, especially, is point them to how great our God is. You know, I've talked about this so much, but I get just so um, fascinated and so intrigued and so um, excited when I look at the creation and I see God. And so I point that to my kids all the time. You know, look at the things that are around us. Isn't God so great? I'll give you an example. Today, we have uh, our ducks and we have a boy and a girl duck. I post about this on Instagram. So if you follow me on Instagram or if you don't, this is where you'll hear all about it. But we have two ducks that are getting ready to have little ducklings. Our, our girl duck has been sitting on a clutch of eggs for about three weeks. She needs to sit on them for four weeks and we'll see if we have some viable little ducklings there. So it's been very exciting around here. Well, today we noticed that one of the eggs was pushed out of the nest and it was actually, it was opened. The egg was opened and right there next to the open egg was a little, it was dead, but it was a little duckling, not quite fully formed, but pretty close. And my son and I, he's 12, we took it out of the pen and we marveled at it. I mean, this, I've never seen, I'll be honest with you, I don't know that I've ever seen, I don't know if you call it a fetus when it's a duck, but like, you know, this not quite fully formed, but yet so detailed. So I had never up close, like, you know, right there seen, um, you know, of almost fully formed uh, baby anything. And so we were just studying it. It had 
every detail from its tiny little nostrils in its beak down to its toenails formed. These tiny little soft feathers already. I mean, every detail we just stared at and I just kept saying, how amazing is our God? And we had such a conversation right there and then about God as the creator. And, you know, then we even talked about how babies in the womb are formed like this early on. And what an amazing conversation. And so those are the kinds of things I'm constantly showing my kids how great our God as the creator is. We've been studying Genesis in our Simply Living for Him online women's Bible study. And so I've been talking about that a lot with my kids, all the lessons that I'm learning. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And we've been talking about how enormous the universe is. And, you know, just as, you know, the perspective of how God created this great big universe. And my kids told me the other night that my one son, he can look out his window from his bed and see the stars. And out here in the country, we just have, it looks like a planetarium in the sky. You know, so many bazillions of stars when you look up at the sky on a clear evening. And he told me he can see them from his bed. And he just said, you know, he could just look out his window while he's going to sleep and think about how great and big God is. That is the kind of God we want to teach our kids. And then when things happen, during the day, you know, we pray, we're praying about things, or we see God answer a prayer, or we see God do something or work in our lives. We constantly talk about it. We constantly say, look how amazing God is. Look at this thing that happened. Look how God is working in my life. I'm constantly pointing them to this great and awesome and powerful and mighty and majestic God, because I want them to be drawn to him. I believe that if we tell our kids how great he is, they're going to want to obey him. They're going to want to worship and praise him. They're going to want to follow him. Who wouldn't, right? Who wouldn't want to follow this great, amazing creator, God? Who wouldn't want to know Jesus when we tell how Jesus came for our sins and we tell the great gospel message? Who wouldn't want to follow him? So it's as simple as telling them how great our God is. It's it's just, you know, more powerful than, you know, I see a lot out there, especially for young kids. And I, I got sucked into it myself when my kids were little. The charts, the stickers, the rewards, you know. We have a sticker chart, chart for obedience and we have a sticker chart for, you know, whatever it is. And uh-oh, we better take a sticker away because you disobeyed. But we get a reward when we do good. And I get the motivation behind it because in the moment, you know, we need to show our kids. Because I know at three years old, they're not thinking about how great our God is when they're ready to hit their sister. You know, I get it that. That they're too little to, to sort of understand. But if you think about it in conjunction with constantly telling them how great our God is and constantly telling them who he is so that they will want to follow him. Yes, we need to discipline in the moment. And yes, we need to sometimes, you know, punish and reward and things like that. But I think parents think that a sticker chart or an obedience chart is going to make them follow God. There is no formula besides a real and authentic relationship for them to follow God. And we have to be very careful to not think that they're going to follow God because of a sticker chart. I did not get to know Jesus because of a sticker chart. I got to know Jesus because I was in awe of the gospel message. And so we need to be very careful not to, you know, 
um, put our security in thinking that a list of rules and a discipline chart is going to save our children. And again, I, I made many of these state mistakes early on. You know, it was like you had these, you know, all these uh, uh, systems in place for punishing and rewards and obedience. But at some point, you have to realize that our kids are going to grow up and there's not going to be a sticker chart for them to follow. They have to follow the Lord because that is a response to who he is, not a response to the sticker chart. So there's a big difference. Do we want them obey because they're afraid of getting punished or afraid of losing their computer time or afraid of whatever is going to happen? Or do we want them to obey because they love the Lord, they love his word, and they want to be a disciple of Christ? Big difference. So parents, our job number one is to nourish our own soul. If you're a woman out there, sorry, it's just for women, not men, but most of my listeners are women anyway. If you're a woman out there and you want to have a real, living, active relationship with the Lord and you're kind of struggling on how that looks, I invite you to come on over to our Simply Living for Him online women's community. We have over 1,300 women, and every month I provide resources for women to get in the Word, and we all encourage each other in our walk with the Lord. We do Bible studies. I do videos in there, so I w- and it's completely free because I really believe that that will um, help. There's nothing better you can do for yourself and for your family is to nourish your soul. It's not for homeschooling moms. So many people have asked me, is that for homeschooling moms? And I said, no, but I guarantee you, if you're nourishing your soul and you're filling up on the word, that is going to make you a better homeschool mother. If you're nourishing your soul and you're um, feeding on his word, it's going to make you a better mother a better wife, a better daughter, whatever, a better friend, right? Because it affects how we live. When we're in the word, it affects everything we do. When we're walking, you know, uh, by the truth of the word, it affects our attitude, our action, our behaviors, and it affects our schooling, it affects our parenting. And that's what we pass down to the next generation. There are so many places in the Bible where it tells us about how important it is to tell of God and his greatness and tell the next generation. That is another thing we are commanded to do. Again, we are not over there saying commanded to teach a list of rules and to check off on a chart when they obey and when they don't. It's to tell of all the great things he has done. There's this section, I don't have my Bible open in front of me, but there's a section in Joshua where it talks about, um, um, you know, God is saying there, you are going to tell the next generation about all that I have done, you know, and that is what we are to do. And that's why you see a lot of times in the Old Testament, there's this recounting of Um, You know, the Israelites crossing the Red Sea. There's these recountings of stories and of things that God has done. And that's because it's so important for us to tell the next generation about how great our God is. And then we put in there, you know, after our kids are in awe of him and want to follow him and love him, then we focus on following him and obeying. Like I said, just like as an adult, 
You know, we don't have a sticker chart. I mean, I wouldn't want to read the word because I'm trying to check it off on a chart. And I know adults who even do that for themselves, you know, in order to foster that discipline to be in the word every day. They will maybe make a chart and, you know, try to keep themselves on track to make it a habit. But you need to go from it being a habit to a um, non-negotiable part of your life because you thirst and crave the word, not because you're just writing it down in your planner. You know, we don't want to just schedule in our word, our time in the word or our time with the Lord. I mean, frankly, our time with the Lord is every waking breathing moment of our lives we are constantly in communion with him we are constantly that's why it says pray without ceasing we are constantly you know having a conversation with the lord all throughout the day every single thing you do should be um affected by your relationship with the lord the decisions you make the way you behave the your attitude of the day you know everything is an outflow of your relationship with the lord and so we don't want to compartmentalize our time with the Lord because we breathe because of him. And so we should be constantly, you know, in communication with him. And yes, there's a time to sit down and study the word. There's a time to sit down and be in the word. But may it not be uh, something that we do because, um, you know, we feel like we have to. We do it because how could we not be with the Lord? There's a huge difference. So let's talk about some practical ways now that we can um, disciple our children and, you know, keep them on the path to follow God. Like I said, it all begins with us and showing them how great he is. And hopefully they are, who wouldn't want to follow our great God, right? But practical ways that you can do this, whether your kids are small, whether they're, you know, teenagers, if you're listening to this and you're like, oh, I've just messed up. I haven't done this. Listen, God is a God of redemption. Then thank the Lord that you heard this and you can go forward because I had that happen to me recently. I was kind of lamenting some mistakes that I've made in my parenting and things that I've done. And I really felt, you know, so clearly that the Lord was like, look, I'm a God of redemption. Don't sit here and wallow in what you haven't done. Now start doing it. You know, tomorrow is a new day and, and we can go forward and praise the Lord. You've realized your mistake. So that happened to me recently and that was very helpful. So I just wanted to encourage you in that if you're listening and you're like wow maybe I haven't done this okay so practical things number one be with the Lord yourself whether it's you know I always say start your day with God's word that's something that I do for myself I don't study the Bible in the morning but I before I even have my eyes open in the morning I'm already talking to God thank you Lord for another day and I start praying about all the things of the day you know that I know um, are going on and you know the, but the the really the biggest thing when you before you even open your eyes when you start praying before you start with your list of things you know that we 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 are going to the Lord with and he wants to hear our list of things we are to go to him and ask him or, or seek him on things but just think about how great he is for a little while I'm telling you, when you start focusing on how big and great and majestic God is, it really puts your life into perspective. So in our, I keep saying it, but in our Simply Living for Him study, uh, online Bible study, we're talking about the creation this uh, week, well, the, the next few weeks, and we're talking about, um, you know, Genesis, uh, God creating the heavens and the earth and what each day of creation, what he made. When I think about how big and great our God is, like, 
you just have to stop and do some research about how big the universe is and that changes everything when you read the sentence in the beginning god created the heavens and the earth but then you realize how infinitely big the universe is it changes everything and you realize that god holds every piece of that universe in place and the billions of people that exist on earth. He knows each one intimately. He knows every blade of grass, every sand on the uh, the beach. And I've talked about this many times before, how just, you know, amazing that is. It literally changes everything in that moment. For me, I'm like, okay, and I'm worrying about what I'm going to make for dinner. I'm worrying about, you know, then there's the big things. I'm worrying about finances or I'm worrying about our future. I'm worrying about my children. You know, of course, those things are big too. But when you realize that God created each of you in your family, he created each person in this world, yet he still holds every star in place. And he's like, it's beyond beyond mind-blowing how big he is. So I like to start the day with just thinking about how big and great our God is. You know, constantly think about that. And if you want to join our, our community and join that Bible study, I'm telling you, it has calmed me down. I've been going through a lot of um, personal things lately, and there's a lot going on in our life personally right now. And it calms me down when I realize this is the God I serve. This is the God I worship and praise. Yes, this is the God who um, is in control of my life. Thank you, Lord. I don't want to be in control of my life when I see how big and majestic and powerful and great he is. You know, we think of God, he is very personal, but we often bring him down to our earthly level when we should really think about him in his, you know, um, um, uh, um, what's the word I'm looking for? In his um, omniscient, all-knowing, omnipotent, you know, all um, can be everywhere, be all-powerful, you know, those, um, when we think about the characteristics of who he truly is and we stop making him just like this little, you know, earthly person that's so relatable. Yes, he's relatable and yes, he's personal, but at the same time, he is far beyond your imagination. He is, you know, like nothing we could ever compare to on this earth. And that's so important because that helps you put your life into perspective. And so you think about, okay, I can approach my day. If God can hold every star in the sky right now, I can approach my day. And God, the same God that's holding every star in the sky right now is also walking into this day with me. Like, oh my goodness, how comforting is that? So if you can do that for yourself, It changes the way you're going to approach when those little ones wake you up in the morning, when those teenagers drive you crazy. You know what I mean? All those things that are happening, you handle it so differently when you are putting it into perspective. When you put your life into perspective amongst how great and big God is, it really does change everything. And so when you do that, then your kids see that. When you talk about that with your kids all day long, talk about God, talk about him, not because you're supposed to, or Karen said so on the podcast, but because you truly believe it, right? And it's, it's, you know, your relationship with the Lord is thriving and you can't help but share that with your kids. So really practical ways are just Honestly, be with the Lord. Spend time with the Lord. Get to know how great God is. Spend time in his word. Tune out the noise of 
this world. Satan loves to distract us. And you know what? He's winning when we get distracted by the things of this world and we're not focused on God. And then you know what we do? We point our children to the things of this world and we're not pointing them to the things of God. So the most practical things you can do are spending time with the Lord yourself, tuning out the things of this world, um, listening to his voice above all else. That's why I always say at the beginning of this podcast, the remedy for clutter and chaos is Jesus. Why? Because the more we think about him, the less we think about this world and the less we desire this world. And when we do that and pass that on to our kids, that is greater than any type of system you can put in place, obedience chart, or, you know, checklist of things you should do to disciple your children. Disciples will make disciples. When you are actively walking with the Lord, when you are in awe of God, so will your children. Again, it's about providing the conditions. I can't say here without a doubt 100% that if you're walking with the Lord, your kids are going to walk with the Lord because I'm not God, right? And only he can um, has the power to, you know, uh, wake them up, so to speak. But you as the parent can do everything thing in your power while you have them in your care for 18 years to provide the perfect conditions in which they grow. You know, another gardening reference as we've been studying this week in our community on the third day of creation, God created the vegetation and the plants and um, gave us life on the third day. And you know, um, provided the perfect conditions. If you look up to the third day before he gets to the day of creating the plants um, and vegetation, he has already created the, um, the, he separates the waters. There's water up in the atmosphere and he separates that from the waters below and makes the dry land in order for the seeds to grow. So he provides the perfect conditions in which life can then exist. He provides those conditions for the seeds to grow. And we as our as parents do the same thing for our children. We provide the perfect conditions, but yet God is only the one. You know, when I'm out in my garden in the, in the morning watering, and just recently we planted our plants for the first time, and I was praying as I planted them, and I said to my, my son who was with me, I said, okay, little plants, we're, you know, we're going to pray that you grow, that God will make you grow. We can water you, and we can get you out in the sunshine, but only God is going to make you grow. And that's the same for our kids. We provide the conditions. We tell them about about God. We bring them to church. We show them what a real living, active relationship with the Lord looks like in his word, in prayer, spending time with him, um, standing in awe of him. That is so important. Teach them to stand in awe of him. So we provide all those conditions, but then we have to trust that God is the one who will actually make them grow. You know, that mom that asked me um, at the convention, how do I get my kids to walk with the Lord? Ultimately, it's God's power, the Holy Spirit in them. But we as parents provide the perfect conditions in which they can grow. We provide a loving atmosphere, you know, like we do for our plants to grow in the garden. We put them in the sun. We water them. We make sure the soil is healthy. We pull out the weeds. That's so important, right? Because the weeds choke out all the nutrients from that plant to grow. There's a lot of weeds in our children's life we need to pull out. There's a lot of weeds in our own life we need to pull out. We have to also provide, you know, that sunshine. Plants will grow towards the sun, the S-U-N. Your kids will grow towards the sun, the S-O-N. You put them in that perfect condition, right? And then you water them daily. You provide them nourishment in God's word. You show them Jesus, their living water. And that 
and makes those plants in the garden, the water and the sun and the perfect soil, makes those roots at the bottom of the plant go down real firm into the soil so that when storms come, those plants don't fall over. You know, that's what the roots do. The roots, they hold the plant in place. So when the storms come, they don't get lifted out and and blown over. Just like our kids, we want to nourish them. We want to provide the perfect conditions to give them those roots. So when the storms of life come, they are not just trampled over. They are not just falling over. They are strong. And so we provide all the perfect conditions, but then we also have to know that we as parents do not have the power to save them, that God does the growing in them. So we provide the conditions and then we pray like never before and we trust the Lord. Parents, another practical thing you want to teach your kids to follow the Lord, pray. Pray when they're not around, all about them. Pray when they are around, all about them. Make prayer an active part of your day that it's so natural that they would go to someone's house who doesn't pray and think that was strange. You know, we think like, oh, we're going to pray at every meal. We're going to pray at the restaurant. What are people going to think? Have it be so normal to your kids that when they go to someone else's house that doesn't pray, they would think that was strange. You know, um, that that they make God and prayer and and his word such a normal part of your life that why wouldn't they? do that in their life as they get older because there comes this time and I've told this to all of my kids now that are I have two adult children now a teenager and an almost teenager I tell them when they get to those teen years this is now your walk with the Lord when you are little yes mommy reads the Bible to you mommy teaches you about Jesus mommy tells you about the Lord but now you have to start to own that and you know what they're gonna fall when they start to own that. There's going to be a few steps forward and a few steps back. And when they do, be there to say to them, this is why you need a savior. We have a loving God who forgives you. Don't be there to say, oh, you fell off the path. Who do you think you are? And I'm saying this again with actually a little guilt and shame because I, I did that. I did that. I would get frustrated and boy, have I had to apologize to my daughter and be like, I, you know, that was wrong. And I, and you know, there's that redemption with my sons. It's completely different now. I've learned my job is to point them to their need for a savior, not to, to uh, make them feel bad because I certainly make mistakes still as an adult, right? And we all need a savior. So we want to remember that, um, we guide them. We, we, we don't. When they make mistakes, yes, it's disappointing, but we have to teach them that that's not the end of the, the road there. They can get back on that path and God is waiting for them to get back on that path. And he is a God of redemption and he wants to redeem. So we walk along with them when it gets hard. We need to be there to help them. Otherwise, when it gets hard, the world will say, hey, come over here. I'll help you. And that's not what we want. We want them to actively stay on that path with the Lord so we can guide them um, and, and, and walk with them and just keep pointing them to the Lord. So we pray about everything. We, we, um, you know, we don't expect them to have this full-blown, grown-up relationship with the Lord. And the other thing is, be very careful and again, I'm talking about this because I always talk to you guys and I'm real and honest. This was another mistake I made. Be very careful to not just expect outward obedience, but inward transformation. Because outward obedience without inner transformation 
is nothing. It's just a pure lie. It says I look good, but inside I'm not really, you know, wanting to follow. And there were times when my kids were little where I did the thing, like you have to be good at church. Oh, you know, you have to act, you know, the certain way because we're Christians. We have to do that. That Our kids see through that. They see through that so fast. Oh, this Christian thing is all about looking good on the outside, but who cares how we are on the inside? We have to uh, teach them that inward transformation is more important than outward obedience because outward obedience is a result of inner transformation. Sometimes parents get it backwards. We expect the outward transformation, and then we hope for, I mean, the outward um, behavior, and then we hope for the inner transformation. Inner transformation does not take place because of outward external behavior. Inner transformation takes place first, and then you will have outward behavior. So never get caught up in how things look. Never get caught up in teaching your kids to outwardly behave. And again, don't do that yourself. Don't be smiling at everybody at church and then get in the car and be grumpy mom, right? Don't be, you know, perfectly happy when you're with your friends and then you get with your your family and you're yelling and complaining. Kids see right through that. So it all begins with our own walk with the Lord. And again, I'm talking to you because I've done all these things. Am I ashamed sometimes? Absolutely. But God is a God of redemption. And I believe in sharing these things and being real and transparent because I don't ever want somebody to be like, oh, Karen Dubuque, she has it all together because she has a ministry. I don't. Praise the Lord, God holds me together. I have a God who holds me together. And I admit the things that I've done wrong so that... I can walk alongside other women and say, look, I've done that too. Hey, let's let's walk together, you know, and better ourselves. And, and let's admit our, you know, past problems and let's move forward because God is a God of redemption. And our spiritual walk is a walk of growth. There are mistakes I made before when my kids are little that I, you know, I've learned from and I definitely don't make those mistakes now. So it, like I told my daughter, you know, as I was growing as a mom, I was growing as a person and I'm still growing as a person and I was growing as a Christian and I'm still growing as a Christian. So we must be real and authentic and honest with each other so that we don't, you know, we think, well, we have to have our kids outwardly appear like they're obeying because everybody else's kids are. Well, you know what? Maybe they're just doing the outward obedience thing too. And then all we have is a bunch of people that are outwardly obedient, but not transformed inside. And the Christian walk is all about being transformed from the inside out. So I hope that this encouraged you today. If it did, please share this with others. I think this is such an important message for parents, anyone with children in their life to hear. Um, I would love for you to share it with your friends. Share it um, out there in, in your social media. Let other people know about the podcast. That really, really helps um, to me get my message out there when you guys share it as well. I hope this encouraged you. I hope this helped you to maybe look at parenting a little bit different. If you have questions or if you have comments, please please reach out to me, comment wherever you're seeing this, um, email me. I'd love to continue the conversation. Um, let me know if this was helpful. Let me know um, what you think. I'd love to hear from you. I also want to encourage you to join our online community. It is completely free. Everything I offer there in the community is completely free. I truly believe in um, walking with other women and pointing them to Jesus. That's why I do what I do. You can find all the information in the show notes or go to simplylivingforhim.com slash 
homeschoolers.com/slash community. Also, it's a great time of year to pick up some of my homeschooling books on Amazon if you're a homeschool mom and you kind of need to regroup over the summer before starting the new school year. I think one of my books might encourage you to do that. I've had so many moms who tell me they read my book every year during the summer to prepare them for the new year because it kind of helps you focus on what really matters most in your homeschool. And I'll, I'll give you a secret. It's not academics. So I hope that this encouraged you. If it did, let me know. And until the next time, I wish you all the blessings and joy in Jesus today.